Good morning and welcome to New Beginning Radio, where we're planting seeds today for a better tomorrow and taking positive steps towards our future. With me today is my co-host, Mr. Sheldon Gooch. Welcome, Mr. Gooch. Well, good morning, Miss Sanders. Good morning. How are you today? I'm absolutely wonderful. How are you? Oh, man, it, I'm going to tell you what, I'm just blessed and highly favored. How was your weekend? Great weekend. Okay. Was the Lord good to you yesterday on Sunday? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're excited uh, here at New Beginnings Radio um, this week because uh, we have a special guest with us um, this, this Monday. And, uh, you know, we told them uh, last week that we would have an attorney, we'd have um, a psychiatrist, Absolutely. we'd have the sheriff, mm-hmm. and we would have a pastor. We need the pastor first. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have the pastor here. Um, before we um, actually uh, introduce our special guest, um, just want to say very quickly, New Beginnings Radio uh, is about planting seeds today for a better tomorrow, as well as helping you to take progressive steps toward your freedom or a new course in life. Anything you want to add to that, Ms. Sanders? Uh, You know, the goal here is always to make a difference in somebody else's life. And I think the Airways here gives us that opportunity to do just that because we never know what an individual person is going through. Mm -hmm. And it may be one little thing that they hear Mm -hmm. that make them realize, yes, I really need to know more or I need to start thinking about what's going on with me. Mm. So that's always important. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're gonna start with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for for your mercy, for your goodness, for your provision, your protection. Lord, you are our everything and you know all about us. Father, we thank you that every good and perfect gift comes down from you, uh, in whom there's no shadow of turning, Father. Lord, we thank you for this week and and what lies ahead, and we approach it, Lord God, with um, seeking your will and seeking your way, Father. Um, Father, we thank you for the guests that we have here today, and Father, we just pray right now for the listener, uh, that you would anoint the ears of the listener, Lord God. Uh, And that uh, whatever their needs are, spiritual, uh, mental, whatever, Lord God, that those needs would be met during this broadcast, Father. And we would be so careful to give you the praise and all the glory. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we do pray. Amen. 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 Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited because the, the, the gentleman that I have an opportunity to introduce uh, I've been knowing for quite a few years, and when I met him, he was an answer to prayer because I was attending a church where there was a, a pastor needed, and they had tried so many different pastors, and when this gentleman came, he was indeed a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. and as we have had time to spend together on the phone and in fellowship, um, he is uh, an incredible teacher. Uh, and he's very deeply rooted in the word, and that was something that I needed. And so, um, with that being said, I want to introduce to you Pastor Kevin Thomas. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, morning. Sheldon. Good morning, Miss Sanders. It's a blessing, just a sheer delight to be here. I'm trying to stop smiling, but I can't <laughs> because I'm just, I'm just, just so grateful to be in your presence this Thank morning. You. Yeah. Well, I tell yeah. you what, the feeling is mutual. 
and I was I was watching some of your sermons on YouTube. Really? And uh, I'd get right into it, brother. I tell you, you're an incredible teacher. Can you give us a little bit of, of background on yourself? Sure. I am a, a native of Columbia, Mississippi. I was uh, born and bred in, in Columbia, Mississippi. I uh, graduated from East Marion High School there. Uh, back in 1990. I don't want to date myself, but I already <laughs> did. Uh, I re uh, received my calling while I was on the campus of Mississippi State University uh, under the leader of the late leadership of the late Reverend Dr. L. Z. Blankenship Sr., uh, who was passed from labor to reward. And the Lord just blessed me with different pastors in my life so that uh, I could get what I needed, what he wanted me to have. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just been a blessing ever since. I've been in the ministry for uh, 20 plus years now. Yeah. Uh, I started preaching when I was 19 years old. That's yeah. when I received my call. Yeah. And uh, I've been pastoring for uh, 12 years at my current church, which is a Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And I pastored nine years uh, at uh, Pilgrim Grove Missionary Baptist Church in West Point, Mississippi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, one wife. We've been married 23 years. And I have uh, two children. I won't say kids or, or children because both are old enough to know better now. My son is 21 and he's studying at Hines. And my daughter is just turned 18. She just graduated from high school and she's on scholarship at Mississippi College. So we are just... Uh, we're just looking back. We look back over our life and see how good God has been oh, to yes, us. Yes, and we're yes. just grateful to that he gives us every day uh, another breath, another heartbeat, mm -hmm. another footstep to be a blessing to somebody mm -hmm. else. So we're just, we're just grateful to be here. Well, I, 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 um, I noticed when, you, when I first heard you preach, I, I just listened to the way you broke it down. And, and I, I, I got it. Confess, I've, I've adopted some of that. So, but you, you can take one verse of scripture and, and spend a week on it. And uh, and so tell us what what how does that how did you come about doing that like that? Well, honestly, I am a uh, disciple of Dr. Tony Evans. When I was mm. when That's I was right. when I was growing up, uh, even even after I started preaching, you know, there was a, a desperate need. I had my pastor who had his own style, his own voice, yes. his own being. And I heard several of his friends who had their own style, their own being. And as a young pa as a young preacher, I was saying, God, when am I going to find yeah, my, my voice, you know, who right. you want me to be? And it just so happens one day I was listening to the radio and I heard uh, Dr. Tony Evans preach. And I said, that's it. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I want to mm. be able to preach because it was not necessarily in the traditional uh, missionary Baptist mm. black preacher style, mm. but he made the word crystal clear. Mm. You know, there was, a, there was a clarity there with his preaching that I wanted uh, to, to, to adopt into my ministry. So I wanted to find out how to do what it was mm. that he was doing, which was in, a, in essence, he, was an, he is an expository preacher. And so that's what I've spent the bulk of my years trying to learn, trying to understand how to become an expository preacher where, uh, as, as one of my instructors said, you don't add anything to the text. You just take out of the text what's already there. And I, I've spent years, I, I'm not there yet, mm. but I've, I've spent most of my years trying to do that so that people will walk away with an understanding 
that they can apply to their lives, no matter how complicated the text, no matter how wordy the text. Uh, it, my, 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 uh, I always try to say if a kindergartner can understand it, the PhD can understand it. So I, I want to make it, I want to <laughs> make it so that the, the kindergartner can say, okay, I understand what pastor's saying about it. If they understand it, then I think I got everybody else covered. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You, you, you said that you started at age 19. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. So how, and the uh, reason I'm, I'm saying is my brother is a pastor as well, and that's how he started at 19. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was amazing, and he will tell you the story. The story, well, let me just tell my version of the story, <laughs> is that he used to run up and down the road. I mean, just start off running, just just run. We would never understood, we didn't understand what was going on with him. We called him crazy because we didn't understand. And he would be, you know, running up and down the street, and he would be, up just just praising at that time i wasn't getting getting it but he would just be praising just be crying just be crying mm -hmm. and we never understood what was going on with him mm. you know growing up we wanted god to come on and take care of him because he was a bad little boy <laughs> <laughs> but once he started to go into church and he would tell us uh, God, God got something for me. He got a calling on my life, and he would just cry and cry and cry. And finally, I realized that he was wrestling with God. Yeah. But when he let go, his whole life changed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. how did you get to that point of saying, "Okay, this is, you know, am I gonna wrestle with God? You know, He's calling me. I, I know He's calling me. I'm supposed <laughs> to go, but you know, I'm young. Yes, you know, what, yes, what did you do? Well. Actually, uh, Miss Sanders, my call actually came when I was 18 years old. Wow, wow. And in my mind, I was like, no, there's no way. That, no, mm -hmm. no, that, <laughs> that, that can't possibly be, oh, I, I, that can't possibly be it. But as my, as uh, Dr. Blankship would tell me, he said, it's the, your calling is something that mm -hmm. even though you wrestle with it, it'll, it'll mm -hmm. hold you mm -hmm. and it won't let you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So what I tried to do, I tried to push it to the back of my mind, you know, mm -hmm. and tried to put it in his own little room, lock it up there, and, and, and hide the key somewhere, you know, because that God can't possibly want that for me. I, after all, in my mind, I'm just 18 years old, you know. In my mind, life and fun is just getting started, you know. Man, I, there, there's, so much, there's so much of the world out there. I'm, I'm headed to college. You know, so many frat parties for me to go to, you know, and I'm like, hey, why now? And so I just pushed it to the back, but it, he kept picking the lock. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. He kept picking, no matter how much I tried to lock him, I, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually it got to the point where uh, it, it was almost like the, the cell phone commercial, can you hear me now? Oh. You know, can you hear me now? Because in, in my experience, I just believe that uh, you will do what God wants you to do. You know, no matter how many obstacles you place in the way, as, as, the, uh, as the great writer said, he still moves stones. Yes. So no, yes. no matter how many yes. stones you try to put, yes. if he moved the stone that was in front of Jesus' yes. tomb, yes. he'll move yes. those stones that are in your life. So yeah, he yes. still moves stones and obstacles and he just, he just kept moving excuses out of my way. And then I had people in my life who were close to me who were affirming uh, what I was, what I was right. hearing in, in my life. 
And uh, I, I'll never forget that uh, I, I went. I finally went home. I was broken down, couldn't take it anymore. And uh, I went in the office and talked to my pastor. And he said, well, son, all I can tell you is this. If, if you can help it, uh, don't do it. You know, if, if, if you can help it, uh, don't do it. And in, and in his way, he was telling me that God's call uh, cannot be resisted. Yes. You can't resist yes. his call. That's what he was saying. If you can resist it, it might not be. <laughs> it might not be the call of God in your life. But yeah. I found myself preaching in my dreams. I was preaching while I was driving my car. I was preaching at work. I was out. It was, and it was just, it was just over and over and over again. And so I finally gave in. And at the age of 19, after about a year and a few months of receiving the initial call, because the initial call was received on the, I'll never forget, it was a Sunday in Starkville, Mississippi. I wasn't going to church that Sunday because we had just got in from a frat party. And so <laughs> I, I just believe in being transparent. You right, know? Right, right, right. And so my, my, my friend said, man, come on, we got it. We got to go to church. We got to go to church. I'm like, man, I don't want to go to church. I don't feel like, but I went. And it was, it was on that Sunday, uh, a church in Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, I'll never forget Pastor Scotty Williams. He was the pastor. He pastors in Chicago now. But uh, during that service, uh, the Lord touched my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's where I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, even though I won't, didn't want to admit it at that time, I knew. He said, I've got something specific. I want you to do for you know you all know we all have a general calling. Yes. Right, right. You know we all have a general call to right. be missionaries mm -hmm. and to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. But he he told me specifically that's what I want you to do. And it was it was at that point that the clock started running and I was like, God, are you sure? <laughs> but it, it finally it came around, and uh, I've I've been doing it as as the songwriter said. I, I ain't got tired yet, so okay. I'm still okay. going. <laughs> but I, did that answer your question, the yes. roundabout way? I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. You know, because I was sitting um, thinking yeah, the other day is that we have, we all have a calling on our life. Mm -hmm. But there are times when we don't hear the calling, yeah. you know. And when we, we have people that say, well, I shouldn't have gone down that road. I knew something was going to happen. That's that. That's him saying there's, you know, there's an issue down there. But, you know, one of the things that uh, we do with the Geneva Foundation, one of the things I wanted, a question I wanted to ask you, is that I meet so many women with so many different crises, whether it's mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, sexually, spiritually, or whatever. But most times, when and I may get emotional if I am, forgive me. <laughs> um, so many times I've had conversation with, with women that look me in my face and just cry and say, I have been abused. I've been in with a husband that beat me down. You know, I've gone through all these changes. I don't understand why these people do this to me. And they lose faith in God because one of the things that they, that when we're hurt, we think if a God love us so much, mm -hmm. why would he allow this to happen to me? So how do you get past dealing with an individual that says, no, I'm not going to church. I don't want anything to do with God, you know, because he allowed these things to happen to me. How do you, how do you get past that? Those emotions, those feelings, when I have nowhere else to go, he's supposed to be there, but he allowed these things to happen to me. How do you get past that? That is a 
good question. <laughs> and, and as you ask the question, there are several things that come to mind. I think the first part to getting past that is really under having a really great foundational understanding of who God is. Uh, I often believe and I often say that if we, if we don't have a good understanding of who God is, what God will and will not do to the best of our finite ability mm -hmm. to understand that, mm -hmm. uh, it leads to a misunderstanding of who God is yes. and, and what God yes. can and will not do. Right. Uh, and, I, and personally, I just believe the best way of understanding that is going to his word. Mm -hmm. Because in his word, that's where mm -hmm. he reveals himself mm -hmm. to us. That's where he reveals who he is to us, what he will do, what he will not do. And once again, to the best of our ability, he's, he's given us material that we can understand him right. and, and, and share that with others. And one of the, as you said, Ms. Sanders, one of the biggest misunderstandings is believing that when bad things happen to us, God is some kind of, some way or somehow responsible for that. Yeah. And when at, at times they're not saying that I know everything that God is thinking mm -hmm. and there may be times when he allows that mm -hmm. to happen mm -hmm. whatever the situation is God may allow that situation to happen but even though it's a bad situation we have the reassurance that God is still good yes. and we yes. know that God is, is good because yes. uh, that's part of his nature that's part of who he is. God is love. That means that that's mm -hmm. that's who he is. Mm -hmm. God is peace. That's that's who he is, mm -hmm. and as and it, it helps when we uh, have a great understanding of that, which is where our devotion and our daily Bible reading and our Bible study and uh, attending a Bible believing, Bible teaching church. Mm -hmm. That's where all of that comes into play because the enemy loves to make us misassume things. Yes. Mm -hmm. or misunderstand God he uh, uh, I've had I've had uh, times in my own personal life where he's come and said now if, if God loves you why is this happening mm -hmm. right if God loves you and you pay your tithe and you go to church and you pray and you do you check all the boxes why why is this happening and and my mind always goes back to Job where Job said though you slay me yet will I trust you you know, it's 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 about not only understanding who God is, but then turning around and trusting that He is who He says He is. Because, like I said in Proverbs three, in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will. That that text says, "Make your path straight." or make straight your path, or, or in other words, He says, "When the stumbling block is there, I'll be there to move it." You know, when the path is twisted, I'll be there to straighten it out. So. I take his word and I trust him so even when I'm having those bad days where I want to slap folks and where I want to where I want to yes. punch folks and, and, and those even when I'm having those bad days I, 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 I automatically reattach to what I know about God yes. and what I know and what I know is true about him Amen. and what I know is not true about him and so I, that's what I would say to that individual learn what is true about God and hold on to that Hold what, on to that. What would you say to an individual person or a group of women that has gone through all kinds of crazy stuff in their lives and just holding on to the pain 
when the most important thing to do is first acknowledge something did happen yeah. mm-hmm. and then accept it mm-hmm. and move on from that. And a lot of times, some of them acknowledge it and some of them accept it, but they don't know how to move on. Okay. They don't know how to let it go. Okay. That has been an issue. In my experience, uh, I've learned that sadly, some people use that hurt and that pain mm-hmm. and that anger as fuel. Yes. That's their fuel. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's how they, that's what uh, moves them to get up in the morning. That's what motivates right. them, that mm-hmm. hurt mm-hmm. and that anger. But it's like putting unled, uh, it's like putting regular in a Mercedes Benz. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like putting because in to 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 kind of complete the analogy, uh, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, or in other yes. words, we are made in His likeness yes. and in His image, and yes. that is something precious. Yes. That is something marvelous. That's something mm-hmm. magnificent when you when you look at it and read what he's what he's actually saying, mm-hmm. and it's it's like saying okay my mercedes benz is fearfully and wonderfully mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. <laughs> it only takes certain it, it only runs on a certain type of fuel right. mm-hmm. and i think for the child of god uh we are not made to run on regret we are yes. not made to run on hurt and yes. pain yes. and fear and anger and yes. so i look i almost look at it like i look at joseph mm-hmm. uh and even though everything bad happened that happened to joseph he was betrayed by his own family mm-hmm. right you know, by, by his own family. His own family put him in the pit. His mm-hmm. own family went back and lied to his father about what happened to him. They concocted that whole story about he got ate up by a wild animal. Mm-hmm. And all the while, can you imagine what's going through Joseph's mind? My own flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the person that has been molested by family. It speaks to the person that has been, they feel like, been betrayed by family because understanding that our own flesh and blood is just that. They're yes. flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And Paul reminds us that we wrestle not against mm-hmm. flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against principalities and powers. So the enemy uses every trick in his book, I believe, to, to bring the child of God down. But understanding uh, and plugging into Romans 8 and 28 and trusting that yeah. even though something bad is happening, mm-hmm. in the end, God is going to use that for my good. And, and that scripture is all things work together. All things work together for the good of those who love God, the call yes. according mm-hmm. to his purpose. But then he goes on in verse 29 and says there's even something bigger going on. He says not only is he going to use the bad and work it out for me good, for my good, he's, he's making me to look like his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it points to the bad things if it doesn't kill me. If it doesn't kill me, God is going to use that for his glory. And I'm going to be able to help somebody else. Plus, he's molding me and shaping me to look like his son. So Go to church. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the bad, in a sense, that, that, that's working for my good. Absolutely. If, if, you, if, you, if you understand, kind of, kind of understand that. And so that's, that's, what I, that's what I would say. That's part of my daily philosophy, my part of my ministry philosophy. Yes, God, I know uh, I'm going to go through some bad things in life because you even said if, if Christ suffered, I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, every day will not be a good day. As I say at church all the time, it won't be birds, butterflies, and rainbows mm-hmm. every day. That's but true. I'm going back to I'm trusting God. Mm-hmm. Trusting his word and trusting what he's, I know to be true in his word. 
You know, I was listening to uh, I was listening to you on Facebook um, <laughs> uh, yesterday or the day before, but you were talking about the thorn and and how um, he, he still wrote Paul still wrote two thirds two yeah. thirds of the uh, 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 of the New Testament with the thorn. Yeah, you know, and he didn't remove the thorn, but he he still had destiny ahead of him he still had to do what God told him to do with the thorn with the thorn with the thorn and that's that's I'm glad you bring that up Sheldon that is that is one of my favorite passages of scripture because I believe that uh, it just shows God's power to overcome the things that we think we yes. can't overcome yes. he says yes. uh, my grace is grace. sufficient for you even in your pain, my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. Then Paul, a little, a little later on in scripture, he says, you know what? I got it. I figured it out. When I'm weak, <laughs> then I'm strong. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's yes. not my strength. It's, it's God's strength. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it rolls back into us going back, getting back to mm -hmm. trusting God mm -hmm. and, and trusting his word. But mm -hmm. sometimes, and I understand that's easier said than done for some it people. Is. You know, because if, if, if you've been beat down enough, mm -hmm. if you've been abused enough, mm -hmm. if, if you've been mistreated enough, uh, that that's enough to, to just about kill anybody's spirit. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's where we come in. It's important for us to, uh, as Miss Sanders is doing, tell your story. Mm -hmm. Brother Sheldon, tell your story because mm -hmm. that that is where mm -hmm. people can say, okay, well, if God did it for them. Yes. He can do it for me. And that's why it's important that we continue to trust yes, God and, yes. and trust who he is yes. and what he what yes. he can do in our lives. Because it's as, it's as he said, my, my, my whole thing is I want God to use my life yes. to be a blessing to somebody else so that he can get glory. Right. One of my favorite one of my favorite songs is a new song by Kirk Carr, I think. It's, it's called Bless Somebody Else. Have you all heard that? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> he, he said, Lord, send the harvest. Mm -hmm. And every time you bless, right. you can trust me to bless that's somebody right. else. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And, 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 and uh, me too. I, my, I, mm. We were riding in the car, and I said, I said, I told my wife, I said, I love that song. But it's, it's gospel flowing all, mm. all through that song because mm. I say all the time, we are blessed yes. to be a blessing. To be a blessing. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So how does the world get blessed if, if God don't bless us first? Right. <laughs> so we got to do it's His will that we be blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I got a question, and um, and this is this is something that is have been a little bit perplexing for me, and that is there is a lot of pain in our pews, mm -hmm. and and I'm. I'm just going to say this. Many times in the African American church, we just we don't address the pain that's in the pews. Mm, yeah, we don't have a department or a division in our administration that can counsel or or deal with that. And and you know what what can we do to to bridge that gap? What do we have to do to, for churches to say we need to have therapy. I mean, we've got the word, and we can say just let it go, and we got healing, but we really need a step-by-step -step somebody in-house that can say, okay, let's come to the hospital here, mm -hmm. and let's deal with that. What is, your, what is your take on that? 
Well, I I think for the most part that, especially in the in the African American church, maybe, and I'm not trying to speak for every African American church, mm -hmm. but from my experience, especially in the rural rural areas, that is something that has been laid in the lap of the pastor, the local right. pastor, for him to address, maybe through his sermon on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. or maybe in Bible study. But uh, I, I understand your question, and there, and I agree, there is a great need for us to to be able to pull people to the side and address that pain and that hurt in a one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. But I am, from one thing I've noticed is that maybe more so now than in past years, it's hard for people to trust one another. Yes. Uh, yes. And sure. if, if, if I don't trust Sheldon. Yes. And I'm, if I don't trust that he that that when we talk, it's a safe place. Right. Oh man, that's true. You know, right. then that baggage that I bring with me on Sunday, I'm gonna take it right back that's with me. Right. If if the word does not address that, and the spirit does not move me to to ask for it, I, it's it's just not gonna happen on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I think uh, one thing, and as I said, this is just me. I'm not speaking for everybody, but I, I think that one thing that needs to happen is that the pew needs to have a greater understanding of what it means when Paul says, bear one another's burdens. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And because now, you know, it's just, it's just a me thing. I'm coming to mm -hmm. church for me. Mm -hmm. Where's my blessing? Where's right. my miracle? Right. Uh, where's right. my breakthrough? Right. Not understanding mm -hmm. that your miracle and your breakthrough might be tied to yes. you helping your brother and your sister. Yes. You see? so. Yeah. I think, you know, when I was little, uh, a lot of that was handled in-house. Mm -hmm. But So before you even left the house, mom and dad, or grandmom and granddaddy, even with, even through two or three generations, there was this, there was this internal mechanism, so to speak, in the mm -hmm. home where grandmom and granddad were saved and mom and dad mm -hmm. were saved. Yes. And they were discipling the kids. We yes. had prayer we everybody sat down at the table and ate mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. mom prayed with me at night before I went to bed said prayers with me and there was this internal mechanism that helped to regulate that hurt and regulate that pain because I have a good friend that says churches are made of families families are made of individuals mm -hmm. right. and if it's handled on that individual level mm -hmm. uh, then by the time we get to church it's 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 just uh it's just extra fuel. It's a booster shot, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, Brother Shelton, to answer that to answer that question to the best of my finite ability, I think that we would have to get back to that one-on-one -on, -one on the family level again to help to help and, and assist what goes on within our churches. Does that make Does that make uh, it, it, it? It does. It does. Um, I've noticed that there that some churches are starting to do family therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that it has to be a budget for that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to say it's not how much it costs it, but it's how much it's worth. Mm -hmm. And if you have a whole person, whole people are fellowshipping, mm -hmm. then it's a, you know. Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a whole lot better. <laughs> but, but when people are hurting, you know, they get the shot in the arm and then they go home and, and have to deal with that same, yeah. Deal with that same festering wound that, and, and the enemy is, you know, his. He's loving it. He, yeah, he's <laughs> loving it. And his whole objective is when you hear that word, 
is to try to pluck it right back out before it can take root and produce fruit. And so, um, you know, I just I just noticed that there that there being a need there. I've talked with several pastors. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Anders has talked with several pastors, and um, it's almost like they, in, with her situation where there was a sexual abuse, they they like. Uh, they put their hands up, and I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and it's it's awkward. It's awkward. So we're still trying to figure out how to address that, particularly in the black church. You know, and the thing is, it may be awkward for the pastor, but there is the first lady. You know, there mm-hmm. is the first lady who is a woman can help assist exactly. with the women that's that's going through any kind of mm-hmm. issues in the church. And I think one of one of the things that really bothers me is that in my community where I grew up at in Brookhaven, um, knowing of so many young children right right around the church. And I, I see these young girls all the time, and maybe one that has have a baby in her in exactly. her hand, and, exactly. and one on her hip. And we know that this child needs something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 15, 16 years old, and you have two children already. Yeah. And this child needs something. So we need to start to think more about what's going on in that community, community. that is around us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, I don't want to get involved, I don't want to go there, you know, they got bad attitude, but whatever. But there are people that need help. And the only thing you have to do is offer the help. It's mm-hmm. up to them whether they accept it or not. Right. And I think we don't offer the help enough. Right. Yeah. I know we don't offer the help enough. Mm-hmm. So I would just love to see us do more Yes, with ma'am. the people in our community yes, because yeah. people are hurting and we know them I mean we anytime you go to a store and this young lady going in with you know two or three babies where's the fathers because normally it's different your dads mm-hmm. you know where is their mother where yeah. are their father yeah you know because if they are broken there's nothing they can they teach can their teach child, child. Mm-hmm. there's nothing they can teach their child and when you know anything that generation have gone three or four generations down, and the same identical thing over and over again. I would love to see a change in that. Yes, ma'am, I would. I I don't know uh, if uh, you've, you've heard, Sheldon, I, I think maybe last year, year before last, uh, doing domestic violence. Domestic violence. Oh, yes. Month. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I knew it, it's about knowing you, as you said, Miss yeah. Sanders, knowing your community. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I got up in, in the pulpit and I made this statement from the pulpit. I, I told them that uh, we honor women. Mm-hmm. I told them whether they are one, whether they are 99, mm-hmm. they are women, and we honor them. Mm-hmm. We treat yeah. them like they belong to God. And I told them if I hear of any husband mm-hmm. beating their wife, I'm calling the cops myself. Mm. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I if I that. hear any, if I hear of any man mistreating a, a little girl, I'm calling the police mm. myself. Mm. And now this was mm. in the church. This was in the church on Sunday morning, mm. doing Sunday morning service because I needed, I needed first of all every woman in my church, every girl in my church, every teenage girl in my church to know that they are special yes and that pastor sees them as special because yeah. god yeah. sees them yeah. as special and so yeah. there is there is and if anybody has to put their hands on them 
for for any reason, any 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 negative reason, then they are not for them. Right. So we are we are always pushing that and re reiterating that that you are you're special. Mm. You know, you you God God brought you to Adam and Adam said, Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that's that's part I think uh even going back into Sheldon's question, uh a lot of us as, as pastors we can do that as our it's, but it's about knowing our church, you know, knowing what we can and cannot say, knowing how far we can right. and cannot go as a pastor in that, in that particular setting. But I had been there long enough where I, I understood, mm -hmm. yeah, I could make that statement right. and, 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 and make sure that they, they know that, you know, that's a safe place for safe me. Safe place. Yeah, that, that's a safe place for For that. anyone that's being abused, just hear my emotions. Uh, just to know hmm, that there's somebody that they can depend on. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember things that I went through many years ago. My community left me, my family left me, and my church. Mm. And the only thing that I had at that time was the nuggets that my mom had given me. She would always say, you can always depend on God when you can't depend on anybody else. Yeah. He's always going yeah. to be there for you. You just got to you just gotta call his name. He's yeah. always there. Yeah. You know, stay on the tra road that less traveled by. I don't know what the road less traveled by, but Mama say stay on that road. <laughs> you know, so you, you those little things that, that she she gave me. But I, I, I can just remember going, sitting in a closet, crying my eyes out because I didn't feel anybody love. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't want an, another person to feel that kind of emotion, you know, to know that don't nobody love you and you have a house full of people, you yeah. know, you got people that's supposed to take care of you, supposed to love you, you know, and one of my things that I do is always if I am in somebody's presence, it doesn't matter where it is, that they feel love for me mm -hmm. because yeah. I never got that. So it's important that no matter what happens, that I will always go up and say, hi, I love your shoes. And, and you know, somebody mm -hmm. will come up to me and smile and say, well, thank you so much. But you never know what that does for that other person. You know, you never know what that emotion is going to be. I know I was in uh, Grenada, Mississippi working on uh, a program, uh, The Nine Forms of Abuse. And there was a 12-year-old little girl committed suicide while I was there. Wow. Because she was abused by her father mm -hmm. and his brother. Mm. She committed suicide. You mm. know, and that devastated me. It devastated me. She came, she would come in, she would sit down in the back of the church, and right before I finished, she left. Mm. She left. And that happened on a Saturday, well, that, that my meeting was on a Saturday, and that Wednesday they called me to tell me she had committed suicide. Mm. You know, because nobody, in the, everybody in the community knows. When you're going through something, everybody in the community knows, but nobody makes the effort to help because they don't want to get involved. Mm. They don't want to get involved. You know, interestingly, um, I have watched over the years as uh, older people will come to Miss Sanders and say, um, I, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. I knew what was going on, just didn't know how to approach it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and especially when she decided to come out, so to speak, and, and tell her story. 
there were people who were coming out of the woodworks and glad you're doing it. And some of them say, I can't believe you turned out this way because we just thought you were going to waste away. Mm. And, uh, but, but, you know, they have the cliche, it takes a, it takes a whole community or a whole village, you know, to raise a child. Yeah. And anytime there's a parent or two parents that are out of the picture and they got a young, a young girl there, uh, she becomes a target, she becomes mm -hmm. vulnerable, she becomes prey. And, um, and so we who are leaders, whether it's a politician, or a preacher, or whatever, we need to be sensitive and recognize those needs. Yeah, and I also think it, it goes back to something Miss Sanders said earlier. As, as, as the body of Christ, as, as the church, that is one of our responsibilities. And I'm really serious about, about that when I, when I say that. That's one of our responsibilities because uh, something Miss Sanders said really, really struck a chord with me because we have so much unbiblical yeah. tradition, yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. unbiblical ways of doing things. I, when I was growing up, if a young girl was uh, was uh, ended up pregnant out of wedlock, she had to come before the church and apologize. Mm -hmm. And I never understood that. Now, I, I understand that at, at the time, they may have been doing the best they could with the knowledge that they had. But I even go back to the woman that was called an adulterer where they brought the woman mm -hmm. but did not bring the man. Mm -hmm. right. You know, and it, it, it's, it's one of those things where, okay, if, if we're going to be fair and not be hypocritical, let's deal with all oh, of the issues. Yes. Not just some of it. Let, yes. Let's deal with all of it. it. It might not be because of how that girl was dressed. No matter how that girl was dressed, right. that doesn't give a, a man any, any rhyme or reason to molest or touch her. That's right. You know, so it, it's about mm. us coming out and saying, look, the Bible says this is not right. Mm. The Bible says as, as a church, we are, we are responsible for those who, because after all, the church, as I say, is a hospital. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the community spiritual emergency room. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's not the jailhouse. That's not the DA's office. That's not the prosecutor's office. That is the spiritual. That is the spiritual emergency room for the community. Mm -hmm. And so we 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 treat everybody, the wounded, the broken, the hurt. Just like if you go to what if we had to go to emergency room? And they said, well, it's Monday. We just do broken legs. Here, you got to go across. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's Tuesday. We, this is heart attack Tuesday. If you got anything else going on, you have to go to some. Now, right. as the spiritual emergency room for the community, we deal with it all. Yes, because the Bible deals with it all. Because Christ said, "I've I've I've come to set the captive free." You know, He says, "Whom the Son sets free is free indeed." That, that's that's our job to let them know, no matter what the world or the enemy throws at you. If you've been born again, Christ has made you free. Yes. Amen. Christ, Christ has set you free, and that means you are free from all those trap traps and tricks that the enemy tries to throw you away. Right. You're free, but the thing is, the church has to believe that. Mm -hmm. And That's once true. we believe that, we can start acting like, okay, well, if I'm free, then God, what did you free me for? Right. What What did you free me for? I, I freed you so you could help other people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. freed you. You bless. I blessed you so you would be a blessing. Yeah. You know, I have so many people uh, always, always ask me um, if I could change one thing, what would it be? It wouldn't be anything. Wow! I wouldn't change I anything. Like that. Not, not, not one thing. Because I believe this is just my own personal belief is that I was the chosen one. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Out of my sisters, I believe I was the chosen one. And I believe that God chooses people that <laughs> has strength, you know, because trials and tribulation don't come to weaken you. They come yeah, to exactly. find the strength within you. Mm-hmm. So I had to find the strength with me, within me to survive, to, to just survive. And no matter what I've gone through in the past and how bad it was, even doing suicide, even how bad it was, it was something that was purpose for my life. Yeah. Not yeah. just purpose for my life, but to be a blessing for someone else's life. Mm-hmm. So I can talk about what happened to me so somebody else can be healed from it or acknowledge the fact I've had, you know, I'm going through the same thing, but God get the glory. Yeah. So yeah, Miss Hans, you, you remind me so much of you allow me to say this sure. of a female version of Joseph. Oh. I, <laughs> I, I, I told my wife, uh, I told my wife, she, after reading your story and reading everything about you, it Joseph just keeps <laughs> coming because even, even what you just said out of, out of all of your family all of your sisters you were the one right, right. you were the one just like out of all of joseph's brothers why him wow. why him of course we know there we can tap into the jealousy factor oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff but at the end when you get down when you get down to the end and, and joseph makes that amazing statement i think it's in genesis 50 he said you all probably meant it for my bad oh yes but God, God meant it for my good, you know. So, and that's that. That's what I see. Even even through all of that stuff that that you've gone through, uh, people were probably saying she ain't gonna make. It. She won't make it. You know, she, nothing will become of her. After this, we know the statistics. We know them. But by the time God finished with it, you can look back and say, yeah, all that stuff. The enemy, you meant it for my bad. But God was doing something. God was doing something great. It, it, it's called pain for a purpose. Yeah. Was it pain? You know, it's, it's just amazing how how great He is. Yeah. You know, no matter yeah. what the crisis is, how great He is. And I, I think sometimes we miss that. No matter how painful something may be. You know, and, and people always say, I don't want to go on the other side of that door. It's so hard. It's so hard. But look what's on the other side of the door. Yeah. you got to turn the knob. If you don't turn the knob, then what happened? Yeah. You're still stuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just grateful. Yeah. Well, it looks like. And, and no, don't I, tell me no, time wait, is up. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I'm getting ready to put Pastor Thomas on the spot. Oh wow! And we're gonna have to do a part two. Okay. Oh, because, all right. Please do. Let's do that. Yes, because there's. So, I mean, I'm sitting here listening. I'm thinking I got so much to ask, and and there's so much that that needs to be covered. Um, we're gonna have to come back and do this again. Yes. Okay, you got yes. about you got about ten fifteen minutes. Okay, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> well, I do want to I do want to ask a question. Okay, and it's it's sort of a shift gears type of thing here. Our country right now is racially polarized by politics. Okay, mm-hmm. and it has seeped into <laughs> the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and if we are the hands of God mm. to do his work. Mm. How do we get the right hand and the left hand to clasp or to come back together uh, so that we are glorifying God instead of uh, 
bickering or drawing a, a line of division between political parties, mm-hmm. you know, instead mm-hmm. of focusing on the kingdom right. is going to be multi culture is going to be yeah. a rainbow yeah. coalition. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so, and that is, that is something that is perplexing to me. And I've had Caucasian pastors mm-hmm. who are men of God, who love the Lord, saying, how can we reach across the, the aisle and get back to God's business? Mm-hmm. And I'd just mm-hmm. love to get your idea and your thoughts on that. Well, I think it to start with, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to quote uh, Dr. Tony Evans. I heard him say, you know, mm-hmm. God doesn't ride donkeys and God doesn't ride elephants. Okay. God is okay. not Republican, <laughs> and God yeah. God is not Democrat. That, and understanding that we have to make make sure that we're making the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that is, especially when we talk about reaching across the aisle and bridging the gap, is understanding that first of all, that before we are black, we are Christian. Mm. Before we are white, we are mm. Christian. Before we are Indian, we are Christian. Before we are Chinese or whatever nationality, if if that person has been born again, because remember, uh, Christ says, uh, Paul says, whoever's in Christ is a new creature. Right. You know, behold, old things have passed away, all things become new. That means a, a new way of looking at everything in our lives. And I think that for especially living in the South, I've experienced it. I know you all probably experienced it. Uh, for us as, as, as a race, it's, it's been really hard for us to let go of the past, to let go of the Jim Crow and to yes. let go of sitting in the back of the yes. bus and to yeah. let go of all that. And first, so I, I think it has to be there has to be a level of understanding there for our Caucasian brothers and sisters to say, you, you can't just tell us, well, that was 40 years ago. Right. Or that was 50 years ago. So you're setting up barriers right there. Right. You know, right. because it may have been 40 or 50 years ago, but if it didn't happen to you, then you, you, there's no way for you to understand. Like I have members in my church right now, I, w- I would not dare tell them well, you need to forget that that because some of that affected them personally. Right. You know, some of them, some of it, it affected them personally. They had altercations. They had family members that struggled with that. Mm. You know, uh, and even even today, we still have have people that are that are struggling with that. But I think that not not to get off track. I think that as it, it's going to have to start with pastors reaching across the aisle. Yes. Once we understand that. As, as, a, as a pastor, I have an understanding that, yes, we are made in God's likeness and in his image. And that's something special. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes beyond my skin tone. It goes beyond all of that. It, it Now we are brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ, no matter the color. Yes, and so I, I think Brother, Brother Sheldon is going to have to take pastors who, will, who are willing and who can say, okay, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, enough is enough. If... If if I can uh, have have a uh, Caucasian pastor come preach for me one Sunday, and I know they they rightly divide the word of truth and they handle the word correctly, so be it. Come on, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it no matter because I've had some people actually tell me, well, 
why would you invite them to come and they ain't gonna ever invite you? That's not the point. No, that's not. Right. That's, <laughs> not, that's, that's, not, that's not, not the point. If they never invite me to come preach at their church, that's fine. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, I'm, I'm trying to do what God has laid on my heart to do mm -hmm. so we as a leadership can help can help bridge this thing and just calm this thing down because it's really getting out of hand. It is. So yeah, I, and I, I think that's, what's, that's what will have to happen. We're going to have to sit down and if two pastors can come to an understanding and then and then from there show our congregations mm -hmm. right. you know listen yes he he's black and i'm white don't mean he can't preach right. Mm -hmm. That's right. you know i just left uh hb charles's conference and i had the chance to hear uh ligon duncan preach oh, I, I had I the chance to hear done. steve lawson preach right. I've, I've, in yes. past years i've had chance to hear uh the president of Southern Baptist Seminary, I can't call his name uh, right now, forgive me for that, but man, these these white brothers can preach, man. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about they yeah. can preach. And so it's it, 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 we've got to get out of that mindset of a white man cannot preach. Oh, yes, they can. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, preach. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes, they can. They might not tune and hoop up at the end, but they have a solid word, a yeah. biblical word. Yes. Right. And so which uh, is what we really what need. We really need. <laughs> yeah. So we, it's it's a matter of our leadership getting together. Yeah. Leadership saying, okay, listen, guys, we we are not in the business of uh, of uh, producing immature Christians. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. So that means leadership has to be mature. Absolutely. And we have to understand that what the Bible calls right, no matter what president is doing it, we're gonna call it right. Right. That's right. And what the Bible calls wrong, no matter what president is doing it, we're going to call it wrong. Right. Absolutely. Because there were uh, there are policies that our our current president uh, invoked that I I've spoken against. There are policies that uh, Barack Obama implemented that I got in the pulpit and I spoke against, not because I did not like him, right. but because. What the because even though he he's great man great president the Bible is still the Bible right. and so as yeah that's, that's the standard and so yeah. as as the man of God as 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 the quote unquote theologian for my people I have to make I have to show them there is no racial bias in the Bible right is right and wrong is wrong and I think if we can get past that and uh, <laughs> and, and get to the point where we can as a leadership can sit down. And, and sit down at the table and, and stop looking at what's, what's different among us right. and look at the cross, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and I, I think that will help help start to heal that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really um, optimistic, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and the reason why is because we're at an all-time low. <laughs> and so I know that there is the only way out of it is, is up. And I've mm -hmm. talked with uh, a couple of pastors, and I know that they have an interest um, in crossing the aisles, yeah, and, and, yeah. and fellowshipping with brothers and sisters of all colors, yeah. and cultures. Mm -hmm. And I uh, spoke with one uh, of a pretty large church uh, last week, and he he wants to have Indian and uh, uh, Hispanic and African American. I mean, he. You know, he knows yeah. what heaven's gonna look like. Exactly, and that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just about to say. That's what yes. heaven is going to look like. Right. So, right. you know, there is no segregated sections of heaven. Right. You know, that's right. yeah. That's right. So that that's that's where we really, really need to be headed toward. Well, 
<laughs> Pastor Thomas, Colleen Sanders. Yes, sir. We're gonna have to do a part two. Yes. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna and set uh, the date we, when we finish. Yes. We're gonna, <laughs> yes. We are out of time at this point, but uh, we want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. And we are here every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, you can also find us at New Beginnings Radio on Facebook. And you can see some information there. We'll, we will um, be making some special announcements. We'll also be doing video, doing uh, radio TV, if that's, if that's a word. Uh, so you'll be able to watch uh, our broadcasts as well. We want to thank Pastor Kevin Thomas for being here. And uh, just, it, just very enriching. Just, it's, it's just. Yeah. Any time I get a chance to have a conversation with you, I walk away with something every time. Yes. And so I want to thank you for that. Any parting um, comments, Miss Sanders? Yes, sir. Thank you so very much. You are such a breath of fresh air. Thank and you I so truly, much. And I truly, truly mean you. that. Thank you for allowing God to use you, and thank you for what you do for your people. Because that, hmm, because that's so important. Yeah. It is so important. So thank you, and I'm looking forward to next time. Oh, I am too. <laughs> I am too. Thank you. So, Pastor Thomas, before you go, tell us the name of your church and how we can get in touch with you. Okay, the name of my church is Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. It's there in Florence, Mississippi. And you can reach me, uh, my cell phone number, 601 717 3393 or you can reach me by email at pastorkct7112 at gmail.com and your service times service times or first through fourth sunday at 10 15 uh, our sunday school starts at nine o'clock awesome. Awesome. thank you for listening to new beginnings radio where we're planting seeds today for a better tomorrow and helping you to take progressive steps towards your freedom. We're here every Monday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you join us. So may the goodness and mercy of the Lord pursue you all week long, and we'll see you right back here on Monday. Have a great week, everyone.